When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show, our NFL Draft preview. Uh, we have we didn't get one to you last week. Uh, it's full disclosure. I'm in the process of trying to move, which isn't exactly ideal in the middle of a pandemic. So we had a scratch last week's pod, but we're going to do a full on uh, draft preview for the Eagles today. Um, Mike, how's quarantine been going for you? Well, as you can tell from my cough, actually, just kidding. I, I feel great. Um, <laughs> uh, mentally, mentally, you know, there's some gymnastics there. I feel like I'm, you know, finding a new realm of consciousness. But, uh, you know, it's been all right. I'm spending a lot of time with my, my son, so that's been cool. It's also been very hard to do work. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean at least we have the draft process. I mean, that that's at least kept us busy. It's not like we're fighting for story ideas and stuff like that. Um, I've been able to get into a couple of documentaries, which we'll talk about later when we do our pop culture segment that we said we would do during this time. Um, and obviously last night, the last dance was like, oh, so good. It was everything to me, to be honest with you. I, I'm the biggest Scotty Pippen fan there is. So like getting that second episode was huge for me. No spoilers there. But uh, yeah, so that was that was that was cool. How, how are you hanging up? I mean, holding up. Sorry, don't be <laughs> don't be hanging up. I'm, I'm hanging up pretty well. Um, uh, I don't know, man. It, this I just wish this thing would end. But I mean, this is we're gonna be like this for a little while. I was, I was thinking it's gonna be it's gonna be weird cover. This is gonna be my first draft covering where like we're not at the facility for three days straight. Yeah. Um, with the Eagles, it's disappointing because that's the only time the media gets to go to the cafeteria for the food because they usually keep us out of there. They don't trust us or something. I don't know. Uh, but but so uh, across the NFL, really, I mean, this is just the inside baseball media thing. But usually during the draft is when like the media gets like food every day and they treat you like royalty. So we're we're, we're stuck at home and have to feed ourselves, and I hate that. You know? Yeah, I mean that's like <laughs> your, your worst nightmare. But you get to cook. You're you're a good cook. So I I, I do like cooking, but. The thing I hate about cooking is all the dishes that come with it, and that's that's always a struggle for me. But um, I have been cooking a lot on quarantine, which has been fun. But well, and Zach, you know, you're also growing out your beard. I think you should. You know how like yes. people do like uh, height walls, like you know, like they mark the <laughs> like height, measure, like to measure the beard on the wall or something like that. No, you should just measure your beard like for every podcast, and you can give us updates. You know what I mean, <laughs> I did trim it a little bit a day or two ago, but it's still pretty long. Um. You- have to clean up every now and then to pretend like we're leaving our house at some point. For sure. Uh, I just started mine. We'll see if I can catch up to you. Um, <clears throat> Should get there in like a year or two. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, 
I wanted to talk to you kind of about the this draft in general. So, like, you've been covering the NFL for what? Is this this is your third offseason, right? This will be my third draft, yeah. Okay, so this is my 12th year covering the draft. It's my sixth offseason as a beat writer. Uh, this is my least favorite draft class I've ever covered, but it has nothing to do with the talent in it. I just feel like we are debating to the point where it's like, there's too much time on our hands. There's yeah. there's not enough new information. Um, the uh, blogger community, which we have respect for, a lot of those guys throwing out a lot of stuff they hear, um, which has led to a lot of uh, pushback from you know credentialed media members, uh, which has been interesting. Um, there have been a lot of takes that don't seem to be based in reality. Uh, uh, one of them I sent you earlier today. We won't talk about that because, well, <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. My my wife uh, woke up this morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been very, this is not, this has been a fun draft to cover. They're always fun. But I just feel like the opinions are so split. And the debates and hills that are died on are so incredible. Like, uh, we have a listener uh, on the show who reached out and was like, you know, Mike, you have this narrative that the fans don't want Justin Jefferson because he can only play the slot. It's because, and he said that's not true. It's because they just don't want a guy whose main position is a slot. And I don't think that's a narrative. I don't think that's something that, the Eagles fan base isn't alone in thinking. I think, you know, there's just a debate. There's people on every single side. There's people that want Justin Jefferson because he's so good in the slot. There are people that want him because they see him as being a multifaceted player. There are guys that don't want him because they don't think that he's capable of winning outside of the slot. I mean, like there's, there are so many arguments within arguments. And I tweeted this out yesterday as I'm going on this diatribe. I don't want to talk too long on it, but, the Eagles are so compelling in this draft, especially at 21, the first round, because for every argument you can make about them needing to draft a wide receiver in the first round, you can make several arguments that they shouldn't. Historic, based on historical evidence, based on their history of drafting wide receivers, based on the value that they might have to give up to trade for a quote-unquote sure thing, uh, which no one's a sure thing in the draft. So... I, I just think as we, we we let this week ramp up and when we do like our, our post-mortems for every every round or every day of the draft, it's just something to consider because, <clears throat> look, if the Eagles pass on a wide receiver in the first round for a pass rusher or a cornerback, I don't know if I'm going to necessarily kill them for it. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Well, I, I think a big part of this is that everybody kind of takes – uh, speculation or a rumor and runs with it to the point where it becomes narrative. And everybody's assuming that like Justin Jefferson is their guy. But in reality, if anybody in the NFL doesn't show their hand, it's Howie Roseman. You can disagree with his methods of guys he's drafted or why he doesn't draft certain guys. But like nobody even talked about Andre Dillard as an Eagles target last year. Like that wasn't even a discussion before the draft, even and remotely. Like everybody assumed he was going to go too high. But like the fact that nobody talked about him, then they got him. Like we spent all all like the offseason talking about like what running back they were going to try and get or whatever. Well, and to tell you the truth, I don't think he was a target. I just think yeah. they assumed that he wasn't going to be there, that he was going to be a top exactly. 12 pick, pick. And that happens sometimes. A guy like Isaiah Simmons, who everybody thinks is going top 10, outside of Carolina, 
and maybe the Giants. I can't really think of a spot that he's going to go to, uh, you know, in the top 10. You look at um, the wide receivers. Yes, the Raiders, the 49ers, the Broncos, and all those teams need wide receivers, but they also have other needs. And I also, I talked to um, an executive the other day, and he said, look, the cornerbacks are going to go way earlier than everybody thinks they are. AJ Terrell is not making it out of the second round, even though I've had him. He's my he's my second favorite corner in the draft, uh, the corner from Clemson. Uh, he's likely to go top twenty just because the cornerback depth of this class is like five guys, and then it drops off massively. So it's you know you're looking at Okuda, you're looking at CJ Henderson, you're looking at um, excuse me Terrell, you're looking at Jeff Gladney, and you're looking at uh, Christian Fulton. And those five guys could go in the first round. That could lead to wide receivers dropping. You also look, look at offensive tackle. You could reasonably make arguments that four or five tackles could go in the top 15. That would move wide receivers down. So um, I, I think overall, this is a very weird class. Uh, take everything you hear this week with a grain of salt. Even, even what I heard about the cornerbacks. I, I think... This is going to be one of the more interesting drafts because the lack of information. You look at guys who had the senior bowl, a guy like Denzel Mims has greatly helped in this draft class because he got the senior bowl. He got the combine. They, the Eagles and, and other teams have just as much information on him as anyone. And I think uh, that's going to be a really compelling storyline in this draft because he is a senior and he did blow up the senior bowl. So uh, he got that extra step that maybe a lot of the juniors didn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and every draft is dictated by what happens at quarterback. And there's always wild cards, teams that trade up you don't expect. And I think this draft is kind of unique in that a lot of the bad teams don't really need quarterbacks. So everybody's like like the Chargers next to the Eagles are one of the teams that keep everything close to the vest. And everybody's like assuming they want a quarterback, but maybe they don't, they need a left tackle and they're pretty, they have enough talent to like be competitive this year. And the one position they don't have right now is left tackle. So like, what if they draft Andrew Thomas first instead and pick somebody late? Like I, it's, and I don't think it's a lock that the dolphins necessarily take to or trade up. Like this is all just kind of assumptions based on what we think makes sense. And if like, if like Tua and or Herbert fall, then that push it, that either that pulls somebody higher and then it pushes some other guys lower when, when a team tries to get Herbert outside of the top 10 or whatever it is. Like, I, I just think everything starts with the quarterbacks and then works outward. Yeah, if you remember several years ago, uh, Geno Smith was considered the top quarterback uh, and everybody dropped. E.J. Emanuel ended up getting selected in the middle of the first round. He was the only quarterback selected. And then uh, Geno Smith won the top of the second round. You know, teams know that they want that fifth year option for a quarterback because if that player does excel, you've got him locked in, but I don't think they're going to press in this draft. The dolphins have three first round picks. If they really want to, if Tua or Herbert, if they don't take a quarterback at, at four or at five, they can realistically wait. Um, and if both of those guys fall, one of, at least one of them probably will to like 12, you could trade up from 18. So I mean, the dolphins have the capital to, you can trade up less going from 18 to 12 than going from five to three, weirdly, I feel like. Well, and, and that said, too, the Lions really control the board, right? Because the yep. Redskins aren't going to pass on Chase Young. You know, I, I've no. seen a lot of people debate about how the Giants can get a huge haul from trading back. But here's the thing. If you're the Chargers or the Dolphins and you want to trade up for a quarterback, you're going to make a deal with the Lions because 
there's the wiggle room of the Giants, right? So, like, if you're the Dolphins, you're at five, the Giants are at four, you don't want the Chargers jumping you for, for that guy. But if you jump to three, you can follow the trade chart pretty pretty easily, trade a second-round pick, and you're good. If the Lions trade with the Chargers, you know, you're screwed. You're basically sitting there. You know what I mean? Um, or if the, the Lions draft Okuda... The Giants can hold that fourth pick ransom. You know what I mean? So yeah. they can ask for whatever they want. If you really love that quarterback, you know, if you wait, you're screwed. So um, it's going to be an interesting draft. I wouldn't trade up for either of those quarterbacks, if I'm being honest uh, with myself and my evaluation of those players. Um, but, hey, we, somebody trade up for Mitch Trubisky. So there you are. <laughs> and – Everybody knows the other two quarterbacks that they could have traded up for instead. Correct. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that's the that's the interesting thing. Like, because the I mean, every, everybody's always looking to next year, but it seems like everybody's pretty high on uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I think the guy's name is right. Yep. Um. So I mean, the the, the problem is with the NFL, unlike the NBA, you can't really like. There's not even actual tanking. Like the Dolphins tried tanking this last year, and they still won too many games. So you can't even like plan for that, which is why I think. Like you shouldn't rule out the Chargers if they don't like if, like if you don't like Herbert or Tua, you don't devote the number five overall or six overall pick to a quarterback you don't like all that much. Completely um, agree. And then speaking of pushing guys back, I think we should. So Peter King had a mock draft uh, that came out today, discussed a few things. Peter King is arguably the most connect outside of like Adam Schefter. He's arguably the most like connected guy in the NFL. Probably um, he usually knows something and he doesn't necessarily say everything. But so his. In his mock draft, he had Henry Ruggs falling all the way to the Eagles at 21, which is almost a best-case scenario, probably. And he, he also talks about the idea of them still wanting to trade Alshon, but you know maybe that's probably not a possibility. We don't need to elaborate too much on that because I think we both agree that's probably not going to happen unless they pay most of his salary. But, but what, what do you think about the idea of Ruggs falling? It seems like there's some more noise around that lately. Yeah, I think you know both the Alabama wide receivers have gotten some like cool-off cool uh, buzz, you know what I mean? Like the, the league might not be as high on them as, you know, draft Twitter or whatever. Um, listen, if rugs falls to 21, uh, that would be massive. And here's what I would say. If he does fall to 21, I would assume that Justin Jefferson goes before him. Uh, Justin Jefferson's going to be taking the top 20 picks. Uh, if a team's passing on rugs, it means they want more of a surefire across the middle guy. Um, a slot presence. I could see the Raiders really liking Justin Jefferson. He fits that kind of mold that John Gruden likes as wide receiver. Um, I could also see a team like the Dolphins really liking Justin Jefferson, especially if they draft a quarterback early. So um, I think from from that standpoint, uh, um, you know, if Ruggs falls, look, they should, if he falls to 16, they should trade up for him. Yeah. I don't think they should wait, but that's probably the furthest I would trade up for rugs. I like rugs a lot. I think he's look, the stats aren't like terrific. They're not eye popping, but remember he was the number two wide receiver there. And sometimes you'll get a situation like Cadillac <clears throat> Williams and Ronnie Brown, where Ronnie Brown was the number two guy, but he had the higher upside. And so he went before Cadillac Williams, uh, ironically my nickname for Leonard Fournette. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think Ruggs would be a slam dunk. If they could land any of these top four wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, 
Justin Jefferson, I think they're in a, in really good shape. Uh, they all have different skill sets. They all fit different kind of positions. Lamb and, and Judy are more versatile. Uh, I would probably just use Henry Ruggs as a Z receiver, which would be the flanker. It's basically Deshaun Jackson's job for the last 12 years. Um, uh, and I think he could be using the slot a lot as well. But uh, Jefferson, I think, would be a slot primarily, and then he would move outside to Z in, in, uh, in, uh, in 12 personnel looks where both the tight ends are on the field. But, yeah, I think that'd be a slam dunk for them. Yeah, I, you kind of alluded to this, but I think ultimately if the Eagles want one of those top four guys, they're going to have to trade into the top 20. And if they don't want to trade up, then I think you've said this and – it makes a lot of sense, then they'll probably trade back and get something else or a different receiver. But the, you don't need to pick a receiver on one if it's not one of those top four guys. Yeah, I, I think if one of those four guys are there, you pick them. That's that, that's yeah. that's the thing. If you're going to sit and you're going to be patient, you take one of those four guys. Now, that said, if you are trading back, there's only one – there's five guys that I think can be legitimate number one options in an offense. Those are those four players and Denzel Mims eventually. Uh, if you're trading back, I'm not as huge on Jalen Rager and Brandon Ayuk as I think, uh, the, so I think people, the league is higher on Brandon Ayuk than anyone, uh, on draft Twitter or or like the media or any of that. Jalen Rager seems to be just an Eagles fan favorite. Um, from what I understand, I think he's going to go in the second round personally. Yeah. Uh, T Higgins is a guy who I think there's a lot of scattered opinions on, um, you know, uh, so those six, six, seven players are very interesting to me. I I'm intrigued by what happens there, but I would only take Mims, Rager, Iuke, or Higgins with a trade back. I, I, otherwise if I'm staying at 21, I'm, I'm taking somebody else and we'll talk about that probably later on in the show. Yeah, so I mean, so we're let's we can get into our full on preview because um, that's a good transition into. I wanted you to, and I'm, you probably came up with the list, but I wanted you to rank the like five most likely players that the Eagles pick in the first round. Where you can you can stipulate it at twenty one or just in general, but uh, run it down from five to one. So likelihood or the guys that I yeah, would most likely. Justin Jefferson would be number one. Is the most likely. Uh, I think he, if anybody's going to fall to 21, I think he's the most realistic person. He's also the guy that probably you could trade a fourth round pick to get up a few picks and, and, and nab him. Um, From there, I would say uh, Denzel Mims is probably the fourth likeliest because I, I, I favor a trade back. I think that that's very likely and he would be my target in a trade back. Um, Three would be a trade up for Henry Ruggs. Four would be a trade-up for C.D. Lamb. And then my five, listen, I know people that just think this is completely against philosophy, and it is. I've been told they really, really like Oklahoma linebacker uh, Kenneth Murray a lot. I don't think they're going to take him, but it would not shock me if they traded back and Mims was taken by, like, let's say the Vikings – and they felt good enough that if they're picking at 29, 30, 31, whatever have you, uh, and they look at the board and they say, hey, you know, this we love this kid. We need him at a linebacker. You know what I mean? Um, this uh, Murray is so widely respected as a person 
and so widely respected as a leader. Uh, he was a yeah. three-year starter at Oklahoma. Um, and he fits exactly what the Eagles want to do at middle linebacker. He needs to gain a little bit of weight, but um, he's got the length. Uh, I think he would complement Nathan Gary very, very well. Uh, look, like I said, I don't think they're going to draft a linebacker in the first round, but I do think there's some legitimate smoke to that fire. Yeah, I, I mean, I, especially Daniel Jeremiah being the one to like kick that off kind of adds to it because he knows as well as anybody that the Eagles don't pick linebackers early. So um, if you're going to apply smoke to to that, then I think it, it started with Daniel Jeremiah. And I mean, Kenneth Murray is a very intriguing linebacker. Patrick Queen is a fun player too. I, I like I him better really, than Murray. Yeah, he's he's a better athlete. The size isn't quite there, but I don't think the Eagles really care as much about size uh, in the back seven. Um, yeah, that'd be... Again, it's one of those things where, like, I'll wait until Howie actually does something like that before I believe it'll happen. But, like you said, it, it, this seems like there's a lot of noise around them liking him. And if he fell to, like, early second round and the Eagles stayed at, or in the Eagles traded back, and maybe they could use some of those picks they gained to trade up in the second round or something, too. I'll also tell you, you know, there was a report where that uh, CD Lamb was the apple of Howie's eye. I can tell you that that is very, very true. Uh, he is the guy that they like the most. He's their highest rated wide receiver from what I understand. That said, take it from with a grain of salt. Um, you know, he might, be gone at 10, he might be gone at 10 anyways. So. Right. Right. But I, I lamb is, is the guy that I think they think is the best wide receiver in this class. Does that mean they trade up for him? No, but he is a guy that they are definitely fond of. Um, but again, you know, We'll see what happens. Maybe he, they're fond of him because they don't think Judy will make it out of the top 10. You know what I mean? So there's always something, you know, to deal with. But, um, yeah, the, those would be the likeliest for me. They're definitely not the routes that I would take, but I do think that those are the five most likely scenarios. All right, and now I have two, like, uh, fill-in-the-blank prompts for you, and, and it's if the Eagles do – Blank on day one, fans should be excited. And then if the Eagles do blank on day one, fans should be unhappy. Okay. Um, if the Eagles trade up into the top 15 picks without giving up a second round, their 53rd pick, Eagles fans should be happy because they're they're going to nab a wide receiver, uh, one of those top three players. Um, if the Eagles trade back and draft Michigan – Guard slash center yeah. Caesar Ruiz, <laughs> they will not be happy. I also that would, that, would, that would be like such an Andy Reid style pick right there. Well, and I also like I think Ruiz is a hell of a player. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jersey kid. I also think like yes, you've got to find an eventual replacement for uh, Jason Kelsey, but it's not like the offensive tackle position, which is like the premium, the, the second most important position, you know, behind quarterback on offense. Center is a position that they've historically drafted lower on. Um, you also have Isaac Sayamalu who can play center. You kept Herbig on your roster all year because you thought he could develop into a center. Um, I just don't think that's a great allocation of resources because either you're benching uh, Sayamalu to have uh, Ruiz start at left guard for one year when Sayamalu had a really strong year outside of the Atlanta game, um, or you're basically having another guy sit. You're having another premium pick sit for almost an entire year 
when Kelsey's been relatively durable, at least from a playing on game day standpoint. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, and then so looking at you, we talked a lot about trades. I was just thinking, like looking at the first round, like what what Eagles fans should want to happen ahead of them for like the best case scenarios to play out. And I think one of those things is you want as many quarterbacks as possible to go in the top uh, twenty. And three is probably the most realistic. I mean, you could see a scenario where someone falls in love with Jordan Love. I don't see that happening. Um, I think at least four – I mean, all four of the offensive linemen are going to go early. The earlier, the better. And then if another one can sneak in, it sounds like there's a lot of noise around the offensive line in this draft. I've heard – I saw somebody suggest like six or seven tackles or something could get picked in the first round. So, I, I mean, the Dolphins need to tackle. The Broncos need to tackle. The 49ers, like those are all the teams in the teen range. So if those teams do that, you want Isaiah Simmons to be picked early. You want – a few of the cornerbacks to be picked early. And I think all those are realistic scenarios, right? So you could, and there's a scenario where one of these receivers falls to the Eagles at 21. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think there is a realistic chance. I don't think it happens though. Yeah. It makes sense. Is it, that's the, that's the draft about the funny thing with this draft. It feels like it's such like segmented in clumps. Like there's going to be like position runs like stacked on each other. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. I think. You're, you're going to see like four tackles going around, and then you're going to see like three corners and then three receivers or whatever. Yeah, we'll talk about my mock draft later, but like basically if there's a run on quarterbacks, offensive linemen, and cornerbacks, you're in really, really good shape. I mean, if you look at the top 10, you could arguably see three quarterbacks go, four offensive linemen go, and two cornerbacks. And so that's that's nine picks right there. And then Isaiah Simmons would be 10. So like you're already free and clear of the top 10. It's easier to trade into the middle of the draft, that middle section of the draft from the back of the draft. And you're at 21. So you're at the early part of the back draft, back part of the draft. So that's what the Eagles should be hoping for. They should also hope that Cleveland doesn't trade back with a team that needs a wide receiver. They should hope that Cleveland trades back with a team that needs a cornerback. Cause that'll push another pick down. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> um, you know, the Raiders are going to be interesting. I think the Raiders and the jets are the two teams at 11 and 12 that kind of are going to be the pressure points where wide receiver moves could happen unless somebody jumps the jets. Yeah. I mean, and then you look at the Broncos as like, they get the scraps. So the, in the 40, there's been a lot of noise about the Niners wanting to trade since I don't think they have a after their thirty second pick. They don't have a pick until like the the fourth round or something like that. So they're probably going to want to trade back with one or both of their first. So if the I mean getting the thirteen is a pretty big jump, but I mean the Eagles could do it if they traded like a, a second round pick next year or something like that. Well, they'd have to trade a second round pick, probably a third and a fourth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But I'm saying like you add that like quality pick next year in order to make it happen. Sure. Um, I think let's let's get into our uh, so we both you did a, mo- a seven round mock draft that was published on the website nj.com and uh, I did one just for the pod. Uh, we let's run through those. Let's start with the first round and and we both did trades at the beginning, but yours is a little more extreme. So get, give it a go. All right. So look, I've been fighting this trade up for a while, but then I did a mock draft and I'm like, you know what? What if CD CD Lamb falls? So. Here, in my scenario, the Broncos trade up to the 10th pick to select Jerry Judy. Then the the Raiders pass on a wide receiver to draft a corner because the corners are coming off the board at 12. The 49ers then land Henry Ruggs with the 13th overall pick. So CeeDee Lamb's somehow on the board. The Eagles 
guarding their 53rd overall pick, because I think that's a premium pick. It's also, if you trade up, the only way you're really going to bring back a lot of that draft capital that you trade away in the first round. Uh, they offer the 103rd pick, which is the their, the third round pick, the 146th pick, their last fourth round pick, which is literally the last pick in the fourth round, and a 2021 second round pick to jump up to 14 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to draft C.D. Lamb wide receiver Oklahoma. I mean, Eagles fans would rejoice. My, my question for you, though, in this scenario – so are all four of those top tackles gone at 14 at that point? Yep. Okay, because that, that, I think that's the only way the Buccaneers are training back because um, that's their biggest need like by for far. Sure. And, they have, and they obviously just signed a 90-year-old quarterback to play for them. So that was my one question I had. But if, if so, if all four tackles are gone, I think that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think when you look at offensive tackle, you, you look at the Giants, you look at the Dolphins, you look at the Chargers, you look at um, the, the Cardinals, Cardinals, the Browns. Browns yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, all of those teams could realistically want an offensive tackle. So if you have six teams that want an offensive tackle, four of them are probably likely. Yeah, especially in, with this class being, like, theoretically so top-heavy at the position. Um, all right, yeah, so I, I did a little more minor of a trade. Um, I had the Eagles moving up from 21 to 19, just a couple spots, trading with the Raiders, where they give up their first, one of those fourth-round picks, number 145, their fifth, and uh, Razul Douglas. Because uh, the Raiders have a pretty serious need at corner. I mean, he's probably valued at like a six-round value. So it's like you're giving up a fourth, fifth, and sixth. Sure. Uh, I, I put a 2021 fifth. I don't know if you necessarily need to include that. I think you can get him without that. But I think that's a pretty reasonable trade. I, I've, I saw something that the Raiders want to acquire more picks also. So, And then I have them getting Justin Jefferson at 19. Because I, I, I think 20, the Jacksonville, Jacksonville being right ahead of the Eagles, I think might – make them nervous into trading up because the Jaguars are a candidate to pick one of those receivers if they fall far, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think that's a smart move in, and I don't know if you gave up too much. It sounds like you, you, I would have just probably given up one twenty seven in like a future pick, but like, I, I, I wouldn't hate on that, that trade. I, I, most, I mostly did it based on the trade value chart. Right. Um, so I, I, I let the Eagles keep their, best fourth round pick and just gave up an extra pick kind of thing. Yeah, no, I get it. I think it's, I, I, I I would still applaud it. Cool. All right. Uh, go to your second round. What do you got? Okay. So the Eagles trade away quite a bit of capital in, in the first round. Um, they trade away just a reminder because we've been talking a third round pick and a fourth round pick along with a 2021 20, uh, second round pick to climb up to get that, that 14th overall pick. So I have the Eagles doing basically what they did in 2010 when they trade up for Brandon Graham. Um, they immediately in the second round traded back to get a new fourth round pick. Here's what I have them doing. So the Eagles trade the 53rd overall pick in the second round, excuse me, to the Minnesota Vikings for the 58th overall pick, the 132nd, which is the fourth round pick of the Vikings, and then a sixth round pick, 205. So they've moved down six or uh, five slots, um, and then they draft uh, Notre Dame defensive end Julian Okwara. Uh, I think he's an eventual replacement for Brandon Graham, plus he puts pressure on Derek Barnett. Plus, on top of that, you don't need to necessarily rush to pick up Derek Barnett's fifth-year contract option. You can decline it and make him prove it, you know, have him and Okwara battle uh, for that job. I really like Okwara a lot. He's coming off a broken leg, but those typically heal pretty well. Uh, he's constantly in the backfield. I think there's a crazy stat where like 30% of his tackles were for a loss. 
in college. So um, he's a guy that I think would excel in the wide nine. Yeah, so I liked your trade enough that I just straight up copied it um, because I think it made a lot. I was going to trade back anyway, and I, I, I like the logistics you came up with. So I copied you on that. Um, different player, though, I had them picking. I had them trading back and getting uh, Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, he has really good size. He tested out really well athletically. Um, we've talked about this bunch. I think they really need to draft a safety in this draft. And as much as we like like Will Parks and and you know they, and the other guys they have, um, I think they really need to develop somebody to kind of anchor that that back end for a while. And he, he's a very intriguing prospect to me. You probably have watched him a little more than I have, though. I like him. You know, he's got some linebacker traits. He can kind of move around. Very good tackler. Very aggressive. Um, yeah, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if he'd be there. I think he's yeah, going to be I, a top 40 pick. I, think that's but, a, be fair, I used the uh, Draft Network uh, mock draft simulator to figure out who was available. So that's what I'm basing mine off of. And that's the best simulator on, on the web, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, I, if they got that, I would I would praise them. All right. And then you're, do, you have a third round, right? No, they traded that in the first. You, okay. So I still have a third round of mine. So I have the Eagles with their third round pick, which is number what is it? Uh, one of, one of three. three. Yeah. I have them getting Nick Harris from uh, Washington. He's a center. He, I saw he's been compared. His like skill set has been compared to Jason Kelsey. He has some experience at guard too. So he can be a little versatile as a backup to start out. Uh, I think they got to take an offensive lineman in the draft, if not two. Um, I kind of like him. So uh, what do you think about him? Yeah, I, I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, I know there's like a don't draft anybody from the pack uh, bias. <laughs> especially, especially especially UW. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's good. I, I think, you know, having Andre Dillard here would be, you know, an easy way for him to kind of adjust. Obviously, they went to two rival schools, but, you know, they're from the same area. It would be an easy fit. Um, they clearly like the University of Washington. Uh, they've drafted a few guys from there. Um, so in, in the p- past four or five years, look, it makes sense. Uh, I'd rather spend a third round pick on Kelsey's successor than a first. Yeah, exa- exactly. I, that, I think that's like the, the three to five round range is kind of the sweet spot for that, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, and you, you traded the 127, right? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, you didn't? Okay. I, I right. traded, so what, what do you have there? Uh, I have them taking Troy Dye, linebacker from Oregon. <laughs> I like it. Uh, this is about as long as they can wait for a linebacker, at least a starter, in my opinion. Um, look, this kid's dynamic. He's his athleticism's off the charts. Uh, he's six foot three, two hundred thirty one pounds. He just strikes me as a guy that fits right in the middle of that linebacker group. Uh, he can be flanked by Nathan Gary and T.J. Edwards, and I just think he's a guy that can make plays on the ball, similarly to how Jordan Hicks did uh, when he was you know, thriving here and not injured. Um, look, he's not the, the quickest processor. There's going to be some errors in coverage, probably just from a mental standpoint, but his, his, his talents off the charts. And I, I really like this pick. I think it's a steal. Yeah. So with that pick, I have the Eagles picking Alton Robinson from Syracuse. Woo-hoo! Uh, I like that. Yeah. I knew, I knew you'd get excited. Uh, I mean, so I, I'm I'm not going to pretend I watch this film, but uh, from all the scouting reports I've read, it sounds like he'd be a good fit in a wide nine. Um, he's he would good be. size. It sounds like he has a lot of potential as a pass rusher, some versatility. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy Jim Schwartz would really like to develop, and he he doesn't have to play right away, obviously. And it kind of continues their trend of 
taking flyers on defensive ends in the fourth round, and I'd be more confident in him becoming a player than Sharif Miller. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, what, what's your you have? Uh, we both have one thirty-two here, right? Because of that Vikings trade, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I have. So who do you got there? I haven't taken James Morgan QB from FIU. Listen, they really like him. Uh, I, I've heard several times the last couple of weeks that they really seem to like James Morgan. They have done a lot of, lot of homework on on uh, day three QBs, um, and Morgan fits kind of the bill of the size dynamic for them. Also, unlike Clayton Thorson, Morgan's kind of had to work his way up. He started, um, I believe, at Ball State. Uh, had to had to you know work his way into being a starter at FIU. Um, he's a guy who understands what it's like to have a lack of reps and make the most of them. He he knows what it's like to be a backup. You know, Clayton Thorson was a starter for all four years at Northwestern, and I'm sure that that was a rough adjustment for him, getting like six snaps of practice. But uh, I I think Morgan's got kind of the dynamic uh, talent base, but also the mental. Um, toughness and and football IQ to really excel here. I think it's time. Like they need to develop a long term backup because Nate Sudfeld is eventually going to price out at a veteran minimum every year. And if you really loved him, you wouldn't have given him just five hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. Yeah. Speak. You know who also started out at Ball State? Who? David Letterman. Hmm. All state alum, him wow. and James Morgan. Wow, elite company, <laughs> elite company. Elite. <laughs> um, at this pick, I have uh, the wide receiver from Texas, Devin Duvarney. Um, I've been pretty high on this guy, just reading up on him uh, for a lot of the process. His combination of like production, size, and speed just is really intriguing to me. And I think we both agree they're going to double up at wide receiver and. I, I think he's he has an interesting ceiling, and I, I kind of like just uh, the the intangibles. I think I think you like him too, right? Because you have him at a later pick, I believe. Yeah, I have. Spoiler, but... Yeah, I actually have him uh, at one forty five. So let's talk about him, right? Yeah. So the issue I would have with you selecting him and uh, Jefferson is both guys project to be best in the slot, so hmm. there is some redundancy there that said if you feel like justin jefferson can play outside pretty regularly um then i get it i get it completely i think duvernay is going to do most of his damage in the slot i think he can play outside especially if you're going to run go routes but i think long term their main roles would be in the slot i think they can play but both of them can definitely play and win outside in my opinion that said, I, my, my, my strategy has more to do with just like picking the best receivers and then figuring it out after kind of thing. Yeah, and, and that makes total sense um, to me. I Like I said, I, I have him drafted this next pick because I think he could really complement Lamb, but they are also probably the two best remaining – you know, he's the best remaining wide receiver at 145 for me. So um, I, I get completely where you're coming from. All right, and then uh, – who do you, do you have? have the? I have one forty six. I have them drafting uh, Davian Taylor, the linebacker from Colorado. I yeah, believe yeah. they met with him before the everything shut down, right? They had a scheduled meeting; it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, but he has, he's a really good athlete. I think he's had some injury stuff, but I think he's kind of like one of those middle round guys that has a potential to become a starter. Maybe you know, I, I know you mentioned they probably need to draft someone earlier if they're looking for like a starting linebacker. I just we who knows if that if that's actually what they're looking for. I'm not even sure. So I I, I went with him. 
I, he, his, uh, his numbers kind of intrigued me quite a bit. Yeah. He's an interesting guy, a bit of a project, but he's an athletic freak. Like, like Michael Kendricks was a completely athletic anomaly. And I think Davian Taylor's kind of in that mold. Only Michael Kendricks was way more polished. All right. What you have another pick this round too, right? No, I, I'm in the fifth round now. Okay. And I don't have a fifth, so go ahead. So I have uh, them taking Julian Blackman uh, from Utah. He's a safety. Uh, he kind of fits into their mold of, of a cornerback background. Um, you know, he's not a big guy. He's six foot and he weighs 197 pounds. He's a guy that kind of fits the Roddy McLeod mold. I could see him being a long-term free safety there. Uh, he could be his eventual replacement. Um, I could also see him getting some snaps as that third safety role. Uh, they need more depth there, like you said earlier. Um, but I really like Justin Blackman. I, I, I like the way he works single high. I like the way he plays in, in cover two. I, I, I think he's got really good range, and I think he's the type of guy that they like at that position. I like it. Um, so next pick is 190, right? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned needing a center. Um, I have them taking Jake Hansen from Oregon. He's got similar fluidity and, and speed and athleticism to Jason Kelsey. His scouting report basically is Jason Kelsey uh, coming out of college. Um, and while the Eagles are looking at a lot of higher tier interior line prospects, I think they inevitably draft one in the third to sixth round range, like we talked about. Um, but Hanson's a, a good prospect in the sixth round. I, I like his athleticism, uh, and I think he fits what they need. I have the Eagles going offensive line too. Uh, Alex Taylor from South Carolina State. Yeah, he's he's gigantic. He's six foot eight, three oh eight. He's kind of a project. Uh, this is kind of the range where Howie use, likes to find uh, swing tackles. Um, so if they can develop this guy into that, I, you know, he's, he they have another project already in Mylotta. But um, if they're high on a guy with this kind of size, I think it makes sense. He at least has um, he at least has experience like at the college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he's literally played football before. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then two hundred five, I have uh, Stephen. This is the pick that we got from the Vikings. Um, I have Stephen Montez, the quarterback from Colorado. He fits the physical traits that the Eagles like in their quarterbacks. He's not like a perfect prospect. He's better than Clayton Thorson. Um, and he's kind of guy you bring in and you hope that he's good enough to make the roster, unlike Thorson. I really like his mental makeup. He was at the Combine and we were interviewing him. And he uh, he just straight up acknowledged, you know, he's like, I've got terrible. I had terrible footwork, like awful footwork. And yeah. so he's working with Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother, former NFL backup. And that's what they were fixing up. I, I really like that kid a lot. They like uh, the Eagles showed interest in him at the senior bowl. He'd make a lot of sense if they drafted a guy like with their last pick. I think he would have a shot. He'd at least be able to compete with uh, Kyle Lolata, Loletta um, for that third job. Uh, I have the 205th overall pick as well. I took James Robinson running back Illinois state. He's a very compact guy fits into kind of the he's, he, he's, Excuse me. Um, he's kind of in the in the Boston Scott range um, of like size and 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 weight, and I think he would be a really good thumper uh, later on. I don't think they needed to press on the running back position in previous mock drafts. I had them taking um, AJ Dillon from Boston Boston College. I almost said from Boston Scott, but uh, <laughs> I, on my I will say before I, I switched, uh, I had. 
Joshua Kelly originally at 190, and I switched to Alex Taylor from uh, UCLA. I, I was, kinda like him. Too. Yeah, I was re-watching the Senior Bowl yesterday, and he really impressed me. Uh, Kelly did. Um, but yeah, so I have James Robinson in here. Um, you know, I think they're definitely going to draft a running back. It's just a matter of when. I think it'll be on day four, and I think it'll be late on day four. But I, I feel very good about this. Um, I summarized it in my mock draft uh, that, you know, people are going to notice a lack of offensive tackles and cornerbacks in this mock draft, but that's the price you pay. If you want to trade up and get a superstar wide receiver, like that's just the reality of the situation. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't have them picking a corner either. So yeah. I mean, from, from the standpoint, well, we know you, you don't believe in drafting corners ever. So, <laughs> that uh, is my brand. Yeah. yeah uh, but like, that's the reality. See, so like, I'm not very pro trading up, but I wanted to to illustrate the point here is that, you know, if you're going to trade up and you want that superstar player, you're going to have to sacrifice elsewhere. And look, I think this mock draft's getting a lot of positive feedback. Um, a lot of people don't like the James Morgan pick. Oh, I'll be there Saturday, guys. Come come at me. Um, right, let's, let's just real quick uh, recap who we picked because we talked for a while. So I'll just say mine and then you go run through. Sure. Eagles making a trade up and a trade back in the first uh, two rounds. And I had them going Justin Jefferson, number one. Uh, Jeremy Chin in the safety in the second round, Nick Harris center in the, in the third, Alton Robinson defensive end in the fourth, uh, Devin DuVarnay wide receiver, uh, from Texas in the fourth, uh, Davian Taylor linebacker from Colorado in the f- fourth offensive tackle, Alex Taylor from South Carolina state in the fifth, sixth and, uh, Steven Montez quarterback from Colorado in the sixth. I don't mean to be odory, but. You know, if you want a full recap of this mock draft, check it out on NJ.com. You know what I mean? That's quality. Yeah, you, can go, you can read Matt, Mike's full thoughts there. Quality, quality website. Um, yeah, so uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, we talked about the Mitch Trubisky, uh, Deshaun Watson draft. Speaking of that, uh, the Jaguars have put another player on the trade block uh, in Leonard Fournette. And I know uh, I got some feedback from fans about wanting Leonard Fournette. Now, uh, I wanted to talk to you about that, and I think you and I talked a little bit off air. That makes no sense to me. Uh, for one, he's set to make $4 million this year. Uh, he, The Eagles passed on paying Jordan Howard nearly as much earlier. Um, like Howard, Fournette's not really built to, to be a rotational running back. He needs a lot of carries. Um, his numbers were extremely inflated his first two years because all they did was run the ball. He would have like, uh, 15 carries for 32 yards and then break a big one when the game was out of hand, um, during his rookie year when I covered him. Uh, I don't think he's a great locker room fit for here. I don't think, uh, cause he's a little bit loose lipped on social media, I also don't think he makes a lot of sense from the offensive scheme standpoint. Uh, not a great shotgun running back. He really needs to have that that extra burst behind the quarterback before the handoff. Um, and I just think you have Miles Sanders, who's going to be a legit star in this league at running back. So why take away carries? You're going to have to feed Fournette at least 10 to 15 times a game. More so even than Jordan Howard needed, in, in my opinion. And I just I think now that you've seen what Miles Sanders can do as a three-tool running back. I think you've just got to stick with him and Boston Scott and and draft a guy later. Yeah, he, I wouldn't trade for Leonard Fournette for all the reasons you just said, and I don't think he's particularly great locker room fit 
which is a big point. And they can find either a late round running back or they can sign a veteran who's still laying around there because there's a few of them that are pretty good. So that's a that's a pretty hard no for me on Leonard Fournette, I would say. Yeah, I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't emphatically say no any louder, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, you've you've always you've always kind of been low on him compared yeah. to everybody else at least. I mean he's talented, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. Um unless he like was willing to be a good teammate and just be the number two back, but I, I just don't see that. So um I think that's all that's all we'll do for now. Um we're gonna we'll bring you guys some pods throughout the draft. Uh, for sure at the, after the first round on Thursday night, and then we'll try and get you some more the rest of the weekend, either as a recap of everything or each day or whatever we do. But um, hope you guys listen. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. And uh, sign up for Eagles Extra. Mike will be bringing you text messages all weekend. Uh, you'll get all the exclusives on there. Um, leave us some comments, write us some reviews, and thanks for listening, guys. Peace.